Welcome back, everybody, to Our Womanity. It's my pleasure to have Sam Buckholz here. She is a certified nurse midwife. She's been in practice coming upon her fifth year. And Sam is a wonderful human being and an excellent midwife. And I'm just so excited to have her here to talk to us about postpartum care. So welcome, Sam. Thank you so much, Rachel, for having me. I love this podcast. I am honored to be on here talking about really anything. That's awesome. This is so lovely. Thank you so much, Rachel. Oh, yeah. No, this is great. Um, So I love the topic of postpartum because I feel like that as a women's health provider myself, that was the most shocking thing when I went through pregnancy was how ill prepared I was for postpartum care. And then taking care of women in an ongoing basis, I keep seeing the more need for women's care postpartum. So it's kind of why I wanted to start talking about this, but I would love to hear your perspective and what you think about what we currently do and maybe what we should be doing differently. Absolutely. So I think we can all sort of surmise that we spend the most on healthcare per person in the United States. Mm. But I think that really is not the case when it comes to postpartum care. It's the most underfunded, under-researched area of women's health care to some degree, other than like women's sexual health, I'm sure. Yeah. But both. Yes, both are needed. Yeah. And so, but it is also such a critical time. We are all hopefully becoming aware of racial disparities in postpartum health, maternal mortality and morbidity, then a lot of maternal deaths happen within the first year postpartum. And so I think that it's not controversial at this point to say that like we had had kind of been failing like women and families up until, you know, some more recent changes. In 2018, ACOG said that it needs to become more individualized and that one six week postpartum visit is just not enough. Yeah, You know, for women with cesarean birth, they will come back for a very early, like one week visit for incision check. And so then they'll often come back then again, four weeks later. But now it's much more moving to what are the needs of the mother physically, mentally, emotionally, that are really more determining when they come back. The World Health Organization recommends at least four points of contact in the first four weeks, four to six weeks. And we are absolutely not doing that. No, it's not about the baby in those first four weeks, isn't it? Absolutely. So, and Ohio recently expanded Medicaid provision for mothers up through the first year of life postpartum, specifically to combat maternal mortality and morbidity and really manage chronic disease. So But that is not just specifically for chronic disease. It's for substance use disorders and pregnancy in the postpartum period, lactation support. So they're really, I think, trying to move the needle. So I mean, that's wonderful. And that's good. A really big move for Medicaid. But it's not the same for other insurance companies, right? That trend has not yet been followed up on. Certainly not for commercial insurance. I mean, it's still the one visit, the one visit at six weeks, which is wild. That is wild. So it just doesn't feel like enough. I think there's a crucial time frame that we're not meeting in that first period. I mean, I could go on for days about other countries, Belgium, Finland, Denmark, Sweden, like they're having home visits, an unlimited number of home visits by a yeah. midwife yeah. in the first eight days of their birth. Oh my gosh. How much better would it be for someone to come to your house when you're bleeding, when you're sore and you're, you might still be on medications and you have a baby, you haven't slept. <laughs> right. And you're managing maybe another child or other children right. in the home too. I know there are some home visiting programs for some nurse visits, mm-hmm. like throughout pregnancy. I'm not exactly sure which hospital systems are doing those, but we know that 
it's cheaper and we know that it supports better outcomes to have in-home visits. And so that's a big need, I think. Yeah, I wanted to hear your perspective specifically as a midwife, because I feel like the midwifery model of care is more holistic and more based on what's physiologically needed. And even there, you see so much that's going unmet in the postpartum stage because you guys are held to the same sort of insurance criteria or the same models of care from a big hospital system of, of you know, this is how we do it or this is how we're set up. No, I love to have your perspective as just kind of this holistic care for the woman. So me as a certified nurse midwife, I have a master's in nursing and a master's degree in midwifery and women's health. And so we practice in a variety of settings, certified nurse midwives. We practice in the hospital setting, just like you were saying, the home birth setting in some states. And we also practice in out of hospital setting, a birth center setting. I did some rotations in a birthing center when I was a student and patients left the birthing center within like six to eight hours after birth when everything was normal, but had a home visit with a nurse or a midwife, usually about 24 hours at the most after. That's when they completed like the newborn screening test, but they were also there to check in on mom. And then they would usually come back for like a week later for a breastfeeding checkup. That was with a lactation nurse and IBCLC. And so I think postpartum visits are the highest no-show rate on my schedule Yeah, for a multitude of reasons, but they're also the visits that I take the most time in and I sort of abandon my own schedule for them. Because when I was in training, one of the midwives told me, she said, She said, Sam, the biggest goal of your postpartum visit should be to get the mom to smile and laugh. As we know, like, yes, and there are many, like, very serious medical complications and mental health concerns that we also need to be aware of. But I think that that helped take the pressure off of me to do, like, my medical checklist only and to really look at this woman. How is she doing? How does she look? How does she seem to me? Is the sparkle gone because she's so exhausted? Mm -hmm. Is she the most empowered she's ever been in her life? I've seen Mm -hmm. women who are absolutely crushing it. They're like, pregnancy was really hard at the end mm-hmm. and they were having a really tough time. And now they're like, I'm fine now. The baby's here. Yeah. It. You know, and yeah. I've seen other situations where people were not ready for what was about to come. Yeah. And so I've been a big fan of bringing people back for more visits, taking extra time, getting them set up with mental health support, getting them postpartum doulas. And we can talk more about some of those other interventions too. It's a really speaks volumes when you say that, you know, one of your most commonly no-show appointments yeah. are postpartum yeah. appointments. And like, what do you think is happening there? What do you think is, is going on? I think it's a multitude of factors. So if women are feeling confident or they've had children before, sometimes they're getting maybe long acting reversible contraception in the hospital, which Mm -hmm. big kudos to that. I think transportation barriers, childcare barriers at the top of my postpartum wish list is comprehensive paid leave for mothers. And I think some are already back to work by two weeks. Yeah. And some don't need my permission to go back. You know what I mean? As a provider. Right. Others do need a note, like a release to go back, but it's unfortunate. It's a combination of childcare. I think it's also a combination of maybe in the past, it not being a very productive visit. It's one where we can follow up on a pap smear. Also, right. like it's supposed to be a comprehensive visit. It's supposed yeah. to be a full head to toe assessment clinically, but yeah. sometimes maybe it just hasn't been worth it in the past. Maybe some women are already have discontinued breastfeeding at that time. Maybe that window of opportunity, if there were problems with lactation, right. like should have been addressed earlier. So I think I just don't know. I don't exactly know why. We have instituted 
at my location where I work, we have instituted a baby cafe, which is wonderful. It's once a week. It's two hours. Women who are lactating or doing both or not mm-hmm. are coming with their babies and just being in community, having a snack, like bringing yeah. other kids to play in a support setting. There's no real prescribed curriculum or program. There's lactation support available and we are having the highest attendance rates for this. It's wonderful. So, Oh, that's very cool. I mean, one of the things that I worry about is a person missing their visit, not only because they can't get transportation or they have other kids at home, but also because we know that postpartum depression and baby blues is very common. And just even getting the motivation to leave a person's house if you're feeling depressed or you feel like there's nothing that can help you. I don't know. That really worries me that that woman might be at home suffering really kind of silently. Yeah, Absolutely. I and mean, that is a multifaceted problem in and of itself, right? Because we have physiologic emotional changes of pregnancy. We have a complete drop in pregnancy hormone levels, drop in progesterone, estrogen, and a huge rise in prolactin, sometimes for longer than others. And so I think a lot of women are really suffering in a lot of ways. And we know that like 20 to 40% are diagnosed with some kind of perinatal mood disorder or anxiety disorder. But the problem is how many are we not catching? In some ways, when we do interact face-to-face, we can diagnose them and hopefully get them treatment interventions. But when we, like you said, I don't know how many are going without care. And that also speaks volumes to our stigma associated to mental health. You know, everyone knows the term postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. I think less women know how it can start in pregnancy Mm -hmm. or like acknowledge that it's happening in pregnancy, but many just don't, myself included. Like I didn't want to admit that I was having a hard time at certain points in the postpartum period. I know the terminology, why it happens. It's just, it's different when you're there. Totally. One thing that my eyes were open to after having my first child was how anxiety can actually be a whole facet of that postpartum time my own issues with going through anxiety and like these sort of fears of of what's happening and kind of controlling the situation or not having any control over a situation when you have a Absolutely. I had no idea that that was all part of the complex of postpartum mental health, you know, and I was lucky to have people to talk to and a really great support and system. But I know it's the area of interest of yours or a passion for yours is mental health. Is there anything else that you feel like you would want to talk about? Hi friends, I'm here to remind you to subscribe and like to the podcast. I love doing this. I love bringing people on, but I need to know if you're actually listening to me. I get no feedback out here, so I know things are going out. And then suddenly I'll talk to someone and they say, oh yeah, I love your podcast. It's awesome. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know you were listening. So if you want to stay in the know, you want to get notified when new episodes come back, please, please, please subscribe and like. Go into your podcast and you just in the upper right corner, you press the plus sign and it turns to a check mark and then you're subscribing. And then of course you can like it five stars, of course, right? If you can, please. And um, if you use Spotify, if you use Zencaster, whatever you use, it's fine. Just please subscribe and like. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think there's also like an attitude toward what the postpartum time is supposed to look like, what it's supposed to be. How many women go into it thinking they're going to pop that baby right in a carrier on their chest and just go (laughs) down to the local outdoor patio and have lunch with their friends two days after getting home? Or I'm going to get so much done. I'm going to use my parental leave to finally organize my record collection. Or I thought I was going to do all of my continuing education for my midwifery license. Like I 
what we think it's supposed to be or look like. But like you said, anxiety is such a complicated branch because mm-hmm. is it internal factors? Like right. is our, about our need to control what's happening in right. this huge life shift, this yeah. huge life change? Or is it the external factors of like what we're seeing we should be doing? Our baby should be sleeping through the night by this many weeks. And fatigue is it's 100% related to, you know, how we express these perinatal mood changes, I really feel that sometimes our attitude going into it, and there are many countries out there that have their own lying in practice, or like better known in the United States, we call it the fourth trimester. And so really making sure that in those first 30 days or so, we have an in-home support system sort of made. And it's just yeah. not our cultural practice in the United States. I think right. it might be becoming that. And I mm-hmm. hope it's not just for women who have means. I hope it's something that women all across the different yeah. stratas can achieve in some ways. It can be immediate family. It can be extended family. It can be postpartum doulas that are coming into the home helping with like chores, other children, and just making it so you can really focus on your rest and recovery. But there's many different cultures that do it. In Japan, their version, moving back in with your parents, actually for 30 days. Might be a whole other level of stress in some way. Right. Absolutely. For sure. But but it could also be wonderful, I think. It could also be wonderful. It's like this idea of like mothering the mother. Like we always say it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a mother also. Yeah. Yeah, I love so that. it's so important. And so the idea of like slowing down, I don't know if you've heard the five, five, five rule where it's no. like five days in the bed, five days lying in bed, days sitting in, in bed, and then five days near the bed. What I would hate to say is like, I know there are a lot of moms out there that would say, what a luxury to be able to do that. You know what I mean? Right. Right. But it's also a part of our individualist mm-hmm. kind of feelings instead of a like collectivist that's true. Of ideology as Americans. Yeah. And just even having access to mental health care yes, or support absolutely. if you need it. Absolutely. I, I feel like it's not built in. And it's I'll just not. tell you a quick story. I have a dear, Please. dear friend who had an unexpected miscarriage and really was going through depression afterwards. And I was trying to help facilitate her to get to a psychologist who would take care of someone in that situation. And their first opening was in six weeks. That's just not okay for somebody who is needing help now. It's just not <laughs> well, enough. So like we can't be reactive and wait for people to have problems. You know, no. there needs to be something built in and built maybe in. you say, I'll cancel it because everything's fine. Right. But I feel like we're missing the boat right. there. That is an absolutely fabulous suggestion. I know that Postpartum Support International does have access oh, to virtual support. Okay. And that happens multiple days a week. They also have a website that has perinatal PMAD certified providers in your area. But again, like you said, you can have all the providers, but if their wait time is very long to get in, and I know we have a really lengthy referral process where I work to get women in. I am fortunate to have a psychiatrist in-house to do medication prescribing for women at the drop of a hat. But I will say it's not always about the meds only. It's a combination of both. We know that medication and therapy are most effective when they're used together. There are some women who really just need to correct 
a chemical imbalance that maybe had been there and is now being exacerbated by this postpartum period. But you're absolutely right. We are doing not a great job at being on the front end and we're waiting for women to come back. And also screening tool. We use a Edinburgh postnatal depression screening tool. We use it in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. It's a great tool from England, but some of the wording is just not culturally appropriate for folks in the United States. Because some women maybe aren't even recognizing what's going on because they're right. low or maybe their health literacy or their overall literacy is low and maybe they right. don't understand the question. Right. So you're absolutely right. I was also thinking in France, you're going to love this. They do an automatic pelvic floor physical therapy. Oh, I do love that. Yeah, that's all so cool. women who have vaginal yeah. birth. And yeah. so in addition to that, which is so needed, I mean, having like a visit with a mental health provider before birth mm-hmm. automatically, no matter what your score, right. so that you have that relationship. And then right. also having one after birth is really, really crucial, I think. Yeah. Well, you had mentioned earlier that you have kind of like a postpartum wish list. I would oh, love to hear more about that. Well, and I have it. I have a wish list for like care, but I also have a wish list for like how our, we view it and our ideology and how we go oh, into nice. it. Yeah, the next time around, if there should be a next time. But comprehensive paid parental leave is absolutely at the top of the list. I mean, it's the reason why some women aren't coming to visits. It's why some women can't afford to take the rest recovery bonding time that they need. Or lactate. Lactating, absolutely. Or like your job is just not feasible to pump. Um, And that's a whole other issue. We can't be telling people that breastfeeding is best, which is wonderful. But if you were setting people up to feel less than if they can't achieve that. Right. Because of work environment. Right. Um, we love parental leave 14 weeks minimum, you know, with the yeah. option of a full year of unpaid bonding time because it's it's so crucial. And that goes for both parents in the household, no matter yeah. home visits that meet like the World Health Organization standard of at least four points of contact within the first yeah. six weeks. That's crazy. Um, so in the U.S., we do not even meet the World Health Organization standard no, for postpartum care. We sure don't. We sure don't. Wow. That's shocking. And a point of contact could be a phone call. Like, and in some countries, right. it is a phone call right. for one of those, for one of those, right? Just, Just to kind of assess. Mm-hmm. I would love to see ritual building for mm. this community support, how we talked about in other countries, they have like their yeah. lying in period. Like, I would love for that to just be like, oh, yeah. So, like, what did you do for your fourth yeah. trimester? You know, and like, that's love just that. something that all women can talk to each other about and not thinking yeah. that like this is so extravagant. This is so this pampering that we are not deserving of this level of yeah. support. And then obviously comprehensive peripartum mental health access, in-home, telehealth, group care, because yeah. sometimes some women would really benefit from just recognizing they're not alone, having that in the group setting. And that's not going to work for everybody, but I think the yeah. group setting. And then I, I would love for these to all be equitable across the board for all women, regardless of level of income, regardless of zip code, regardless yeah. of things like that. And so I, the job they have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just that we're worthy of slowing down and we can ask yes. for what we need as women and birthing people without having to apologize for what our needs are. And that this is just this mindset is just sort of like I was saying, it takes a village to raise a mother. And so we're raising the next generation of children and we're birthing them and their whole health yeah. from like how they bond to what was the was mom's health at the time of the pregnancy mm-hmm. and birth, you know, and so if we're not given the time and the space to recover, you know, we may just be kind of missing opportunities to prevent chronic disease long-term and chronic mental health long-term. That's so true. Have you seen the show Working Moms? Oh, yes. It's such a good one. I love it. It is so, so funny. It's like so real. It's so funny. The so first raw. episode I saw, my brain was like trying to figure out what was going on because 
there's these moms, they're at like a mommy and me play group with, they all have their babies and they're speaking English. It sounds like, you know, American accents and their babies, like they're all home from work. They haven't gone back to work and their babies are about eight months, 10 months old. I'm like, this is not real. Where is this? And then I realized it was in Canada. In Canada. I know. It was so apparent to me right off the bat that this was not an American, this was not from the U.S. because there's no way there'd be a working moms who are at a mommy and me group. talking to each other about their struggles and talking about their babies and what they needed at that late stage of eight months. (laughs) I know that's such an important, I'm so glad you said that big plug for working moms as a show. It's amazing. It's so funny and wild in a lot of ways, but a dear friend of mine, husband works for a Canadian company. He gets three months parental leave and she happens to work part-time right now. Yeah. Zero, zero paid leave. So I think we're really trying to move the needle. I know. Yeah. Salesforce out in California and San Francisco, they offer a ton of parental leave. Mm. They they really are one of the biggest and the state of California in general, but offers a great paid leave, but it needs to be national. It needs to be built into the fabric of what is acceptable because the subtext is that this is your choice and you figure it out. And right. like, people have had to figure it out before you instead of, well, how can we make this better for everyone? Because regardless of anyone's like political ideology, yeah, yeah. this is the one topic that I feel like I can can get so many women and birthing people to agree with me on. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Let's do this. Yeah, you're totally right. Six weeks is, and not even everyone has six weeks. Like, you no, said. it's not enough. People are still bleeding. People are not sleeping. Not sleeping. Babies are not on any sort of schedule. I've had two, and both times at six weeks, things are a mess. <laughs> just yeah, a mess. it just doesn't feel like time. And then I think you give it another six if you're lucky enough to have qualify for FMLA yeah. and uh, yeah. short term disability and by then you're maybe just getting into the swing of things in order mm-hmm. to leave and then start pumping and it, I think we see a lot of postpartum depression hit six weeks or later and even at 12 weeks because it's like I'm taken out of my home and even women right. who love their job or birthing people who love yeah. their jobs yeah. it doesn't matter because it's mm-hmm. just unthinkable yeah. now that I'm away from it yeah. but I have a deeper appreciation since having my own child for sure mm-hmm. I didn't get it as a provider until I had my own I will say that like I didn't understand yeah. about parental leave until and childcare and those things were not on my radar, unfortunately. Right. And now they are. Oh, well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for your time you and me. your thoughts and, and your passion behind this. I really appreciate it. And count me in. Whatever we can do to make things better for people.